0: this is the Gary V audio experience Cause we're
1: gonna be we're gonna so I literally just started a very ground level um, cookie business about a year ago I, um, I literally just did it out of out of fun it was a hobby. And I was in full-time school for my cosmetology license and unfortunately went through um, a divorce. Okay. But this cookie business has taken off and has become more than just a hobby. Um, within less than a year, I've gotten about 400 fans just on Facebook. So I'm wondering if I should take it to the next level and kind of get like my LLC and really brand it. Um and how to kind of go about doing that on a professional level.
0: Well, there is no. here's what's great about entrepreneurship. There's no amateurs or professional. Like getting an LLC doesn't mean you're professional. There's plenty of people that don't have an LLC that are making tons of money. You know, They should get an LLC when they get to a certain scale for legal and financial purposes but don't think of this as like graduating to like I get an LLC and I take it serious. You've already done the hard part. You actually did something. Right, so like, so are we talking about you make cookies and sell them?
1: I do. They're um they're custom cookies. So it's a it's a basically a sugar cookie which everybody absolutely right. loves. Yep. Um, and then I custom. Well, I don't love them because Jordan's they, sitting
0: here and I don't eat sugar cookies. Tell him, Jordan. But I get what? it. Everybody. Right. And then you and then you design on top of them. Right, like D Rock's face or things right. like it's, that. Yeah. It's,
1: yeah, it, and it's all hand designed. and I haven't done anything where I print anything. It's I all get it. literally and custom. And how much? And how
0: much are the cookies? And how much have you made so far?
1: Um, I'm averaging right now about six hundred dollars a month in cookies. Um, and how much profit? And, and how much
0: profit is that? Like four hundred? Like three hundred? It's pretty profitable, right? It's
1: very profitable. Like <laughs> it's very profitable right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, do you, and I'm only do you doing love, it part time. Do you love it? I do. I honestly do. I think that it's amazing that um, a cookie um, can bring so much joy to somebody's life. I feel like I, I can touch people's lives, and it's 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 really cool. And I've I've very fastly. Um, grew outside of the friends and family, you know, it's I mean there's people on Facebook who don't know who I am and I've never met them and they've never tasted a cookie before mm-hmm. that are ordering dozens of cookies for me and spending hundreds of dollars with me um, to get them. What are so, you guys, What are you guys all laughing about? I'm
2: curious. It's it's just it's, it's super interesting. It's cool to hear
1: that. Guys,
0: you know how many people make a million dollars a year selling cookies and brownies and like baked goods? I Love baked goods. Why do you think the Fat Gary existed? <laughs> Listen, I think I think this is a real business. I think here's what you need to think about: Are you going to be capable of hiring other people? Like, do you want to ma- like right now? It's a hobby and it's fun, and you get a lot of release. And probably, you know, even the way you set it up, you decided to bring up the divorce. So maybe it was an escapism for you. You love the art part. You need to figure out if you're a business person. Because if you're just the artist, it's going to get to a place where it, no, you're not,
1: it's definitely a business. I mean, I've been in direct sales for about 10 years. Well, then you, should,
0: then you should definitely build this business. I guarantee, based on, let me rephrase, my intuition says that you have the capability of building a million dollar revenue minimum cookie business uh, if you go hard and fast. And, you know, if you're making 70%, 80% margin, that's life-changing. So, you know, I think you should very much seriously, cons- I don't see what permission you're looking for for me. I think you should, you should, can you afford to go all in?
1: Um, at this point, I don't, I don't know, Then I think that's where, I'm, where, where do I go? How do so I do it? It's do very, I need to oh, it's look very. for like an...
0: No, no, no. It's very simple. Well, what were we gonna say? Do you have to look for what?
1: Do I need like an investor? No, do I need no, to I like, no. I knew you were like. gonna say no, no.
0: You need to, you need to, you need to, you need to be making cookies right now and putting out content, not being on social media and watching my show. Yes, Gary. No, but I mean, but I mean, I really believe that truth, right? Like, here's what you need to do, and what everybody and what everybody needs to do when they've got something brewing, but they're not in a practical place yet to jump all in. They need to sacrifice yes. every other second so that you could get the cookie sales from 600 a month to 6,000 a month and let you leap. Like, I want people. If they really love it, let me paint you a scenario that may not be yours, but I'm trying to give value to everybody. If you're making 80,000 a year right, and you live on an 80,000 a year kind of budget, right, like your rent and everything you, and you've got something that's making $600 a month like selling you know, pictures or, or cookies or whatever you're doing and you want to go all in, you've never had such happiness, step one, figure out how to bring your expenses to a $60,000 a year life, right? You don't need nice shoes. Girl, yesterday in Vancouver, I'm like, you don't need those nice shoes. Stop talking right you don't maybe you move if you if you don't own a home and get lower rent like literally you'd get to 60,000 and then you spend every other second and i mean every second you go to sleep at 1 in the morning and you wake up at 6 because you're baking cookies and you're building up your instagram and your <laughs> P- pinterest that's my life good so like to me that's like just go pot committed until you get to a place where you can afford to make the jump and that's what you do and then you start and then okay. that, and once you make that jump let's say you got it up to 5000 a month cuz you subsidized up to 60,000 but you were doing it part time if you loved it and you were good enough to get it to that 60,000 when you make the jump and your whole day is that that 60,000 gets to a buck 80 real fast Got it?
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome, good luck.
1: Awesome, thanks Gary. Yeah,
0: you're welcome. That was awesome. I mean, that, that's the thing, like, like too many people talk out of both sides of their mouth, they're like they want this new thing. And I think she's got it, I'm not talking about her. They want this new thing but they, they got a, they've got student loans, they've got rent but what a lot of people have is a lifestyle and it's too fancy compared to what they want. Everybody's rushing. Last Yesterday I saw a bunch of 19 year olds with nice suits. They need to be living in the basement with three friends and saving that $3,000 and putting it back in their business. Just we lack old school practicality in today's new environment.
2: So Alex Icon, you can check me out, Alex Icon. Uh, we created uh, Lexi Hair, 500 Journal, uh, Productivity Planner coming out. So the question to you is very yes. business related. Please. Um, as you know, we built something similar to you. We have got inspired off yes. Crush It. Yes. So did the same thing, did, did a lot of jabs, did yep. it put in a lot of work over yes. the years. Now build build the, leverage. Yeah, Built leverage. Build the trust yep. brand. You yep. have a substantial business now in seven figures. Yep. But. Now that it's been a couple of years, we, we kind of stagnated. Yeah. Uh, because uh, so so my question, time. so my, my question to you is, and I think one of the weaknesses here is actually scaling. Yes. So because we try to do everything ourselves, we have a small team. But how do you actually build that team with you? And most important question is that how do you build and maintain that culture and that that love that you, the same love that you have for the business in other th- people. And other people?
0: <laughs> this is a very this is a very Eastern European question. <laughs> it's very common things that, so the answer is you don't. If you expect somebody else to love your business as much as you, you two are out of your mind. And this is something I try to teach my dad. As a young kid, I'm like, Dad, you own the business. How do you want them to love this as much as you do? What you need to do is several different things. First of all, thank you for asking me the question. I lived it. I did it at Wine Library from people that are more like you. You guys went to zero, to something just like my pops. And how I scaled it was I taught him these pillars and I taught him these pillars. Which is number one, get over that, it's over. They're never gonna love it as much as you. And if you're lucky enough, like I find, like that amazing man behind you, if you can find people that could love it, 8.5 as much of a 10, 9.2 as much of a 10, 9.7 on a holy grail moment out of 10, well then you've won. So that's never gonna happen. And it's actually completely completely disrespectful for you to even want that from somebody else. Because you'd never love somebody else's business as much as you love your own. So why are you gonna try to make somebody else do that? Number one. Number two, the biggest mistake people make at this point is you start wanting to cash in on some of the fruits of this amazing hard work. It's a little bit more exciting to dress a little bit better, to live in a better place, to take a vacation, to do all these things, I get it. The way to scale and grow is to have the dollars to continue to scale and grow. If you're doing everything yourself, there's a couple reasons. One, you're perfectionists and don't think anybody else can do it. Two, you see other people do it and they do it as an eight to your 10 and that's not good enough. Three, you do not want to deploy the money because you want to use those monies for other things for yourselves and other things. All three are massive vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. Fix those three and you will grow. I run my businesses the first five, 10 years of their lives at no profit. And I did it, and people can say, now easy for you. I was 28 years old, I built a humongous business, and I was making $40,000 a year. I had friends that were half me, and a hundredth of me, making more money, had better cars, were having more fun, I was 28 years old, making $40,000 a year. And I built a $30 million business at that point. That's eating your own dog food. So, get over yourselves and be thankful that people want to work for you and get them to an eight or nine and you get them to an eight or nine by loving them more. What you did for your audience, you need to do for your employees Employees 10 times more. Biggest mistake entrepreneurs make. They, they treat their employees worse than they treat their customers. Biggest mistake. Treat them better than you treated your audience. Then they'll get from a six to an eight and that's amazing. They'll never get to a 10. It's not their business. Number two, Decide how much you wanna live great now versus every dollar Every dollar you take that trip to Spain is three dollars less that you make three years from now.
2: But what if you have still substantial money after vacations, after everything? Invest and it, it. And into? People. But people, but how do you find these people who are still eight even, or seven? But easy, because you need to treat them better. Because you got them, you just need to change the way you're treating them.
0: And if they don't get there after you treat them way better, you fire them. And you find people that do react to you giving them more value than they're providing you. Cool. Do you understand? Yeah. Really?
2: Not totally. So that's, that's why I'm
0: not letting you go. Uh. Here's my thing. You can't get. How many employees do you guys have?
2: Uh, around the world, seven right now. Great. You need
0: to really vet them. The number one thing I would do if I were you is I would call them right after the show and say, what can I do to make this much better for you? We're well, so, we good. Good. Do you deliver on everything yeah, yeah, yeah. you want? Great. Yeah, we live, yeah. Well then you should be having no problem. Then then, then I'm a little bit more confused. Then either you have not built enough trust with them for them to tell you the truth or you're just not hiring fast enough. We're, we're not, not hiring,
2: hiring fast enough. Fast enough. Good. Cause, no, because we're, 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 we're trying to have everybody to be like fully 10. So, you know, <laughs> we Eric, Eric,
0: Eric Eric, was, what number in place? 17, Seventeen. he watched Vayner go from 17 to 200, then for, for personal reasons he went to Boston, he's back now, and we're 600. What Eric can tell you, and all the Vayner media employees from 17 to 200, stick with me here, is not an insult. He knows how many four, five, six, seven, and eights, you need four, five, six, seven, and eights when you're big. Every, you can't make seven tens. That's not how you scale and win. Yeah. That's the secret. It's not about you guys getting seven people to a 10, it's about you hiring 40 people at eight.
2: Okay, but how about the here's last question, follow-up. Yeah. So we're at six, seven right now, but it's for many businesses. We're trying okay. to split, split them up. Uh, this is actually a question I wanted to ask you for a long, very long time. If you're starting to- has been yeah, if so, you had a question that you've wanted to ask me for a very long time, okay. how
0: wasn't that the question? Okay, started
2: uh, no, with? That, that you needed that preface Got it, okay, to get go to this ahead. question. Go ahead. Okay. So the question is: Knowing you have a successful business, you have yeah. money in the bank, yeah. everything's great, yes. business is still growing, everything's Fabulous. awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah go no, ahead. Out, you have but the thing is, who would you? Who would be your first five? Like you have, say, customer service hired. Yes. Uh, and one marketing person. But yes. who would be your next five hires?
0: I, I'd have to look at your business and understand. So first of all, e-commerce. So first of all, I would First and foremost, I would reverse engineer you two. Mm. Whatever you two like doing the most and are the best at, I would surround the hires around that. I'd let you continue to do that. Because a lot of people try to replace the thing they're yeah. best at. That's the mistake. S- stay doing what you do best at. And whatever the two of you collectively do the weakest, that's what you hire in order five next people. All right. Whether that's finance, HR, product, e-com, technology, whatever they are.
2: But what's been your most, best hire for you in in that first kind of, in that wine library when you scaled? What was one of the best hires for you that they were like?
0: The best hires I've ever made have been the friends that I've hired. That's the big secret to me. Hmm. But, um.
2: Position wise?
0: Probably the financial people. You know, like the CFOs, the the lead financial person have been the best hires because they've given me a context to, hey, because I'm so aggressive, I want to spend every dollar. So that gives a vulnerability. The reason I've never gone out of business is I'm so much better at selling than everybody else in the world. I can always keep afloat, even against my enormous investment. Um, I, so at I, VaynerMedia, I, 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 I would say Mark Yodkin, the lawyer, creating legal in-house was a huge hire. Uh, Kelly, an early uh, managing director, because she created a lot of context. Uh, and then people that look like Eric, which were disproportionately talented and open, for, to allow me to mold, because we were all playing a new game. People that are moldable but talented are very
2: attractive. That's a good one, yeah. yeah. Cool, thank Sorry you so much. You thank
0: you. Appreciate it. Uh, I've got a spin. I've got a spin for episode 107, uh, and here's how we're gonna do it. I'm gonna ask myself a question. Hey Gary, great show, totally obsessed. My favorite thing now, ahead of Game of Thrones. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, here's a question for you. If if you had a business or a blog or a personal brand or a book, how would you get more people to uh, to you know know about you and to to buy that? To, like, how would you get results? I guess at the end of the day, Gary, I'm asking you, how would you get results? Thanks, love the show, Gary. Great question. <laughs> You're looking great, by the way. Uh, you know. One of the things I haven't talked about in the show a lot, I've talked about it a little bit, and I saw people get value from it in that local small business biz to dev thing, is the gross underestimation of distribution in a JV, joint venture environment. There are so many of you, on this show, with businesses, that have locked us so heavily into social media, because that's how you view me, as the way to get distribution, you've left some of the greatest opportunities on the table, including if you are not hitting up the top 100 blogs in your space, if you're selling cupcakes, and you literally aren't spending the time to figure out what the top 100 cupcake content sites are on the internet, and then sending an email and saying, hey, I'm India from India's cupcake shop, I love reading your site, Cupcake Daily. Oh, this is me typing the email. I love reading your site, Cupcake Daily. I'm very passionate. Here's my site, here's my Instagram. I would love to write for you once a week on new sprinkles concepts or on decorations that matter. Like, I will give you my labor for free and what you'll give me is distribution and awareness. If you don't realize that you know, it's like Kendrick Lamar. Did anybody pay attention to what Kendrick Lamar did? If you don't know who Kendrick Lamar is, he's a rapper, uh, an artist, and he went on to a lot of other albums as he was starting to get a little fame. He leveraged that to get on and he came in trying to kill it. On, like He basically went on everybody's track and he tried to be so much better than the person whose song it was that everybody was listening to be like, oh, that guy's dope. Like I'm gonna check him out. That's what India, the cupcake lady, wants to do on Cupcake Daily. Oh, that was such a good thought, let me follow that. And so, in the earliest, earliest, earliest days of me building my brand, I went on wine blogs and wrote blog posts to contribute, and because I had the chops, you know, Kendrick spits incredible lyrics, India writes about incredible toppings and I talked about incredible things about wine that people hadn't thought about. That gave me the ammo for my work to have a positive ROI. The truth is, a lot of you don't want to put in the work because the output of your content in video form, in audio form, in written form, isn't good enough. You just aren't good enough. What you're selling, they're not buying. And the quickest way to find out is to actually go on a road show, put in the 40 hours a day to get yourself into places where you, why can't you email all 500 people on YouTube that have some level of audience and ask them to be interviewed on their show or to be part of it? I mean, Why can't you? Why can't you ask? Why can't you ask? Why can't you ask? That, my friend Gary, is what you need to do. If you've got something to sell, you need to go and knock on doors. Right? You know, you got to know how to build them and walk through them. You got to knock on doors, and you got to ask, like, can I guest contribute to your world? Can I write a blog post? Can I? Can I just show up and like? How do I bring value to what you need? Because all these people that have homes that have audiences, they need more content to feed them. Content costs money, so people coming in and contributing—it's the ultimate kind of leverage deal. You come and you write for me for free because I need it because I need to keep feeding the kids I have in the room and you need kids for what you're gonna do. And that is something that 99.99999 of you are absolutely not doing enough of. Putting in the work to get in front of audiences to be discovered. Putting out a picture on Instagram and holding your breath and hoping somebody's gonna see it because you use the hashtag isn't enough. Go out and take it, and that, my friend, Gary, is what you should do if you want something to happen. Here we go, what's the name? Patrick. Patrick, we gotta get into the you? I wanna talk to, I, wish, I wish it was Patrick Ewing. Uh, Patrick? Patrick, this is Gary V and you're in the Ask Gary Vee Show with Sasha V. No way! Yes, Patrick, yeah? where are you from?
3: I'm from Denver, Colorado.
0: Love it, what's your question? Hey man, um, so uh,
3: I've been mean, following your content for a lot of time and I, I, mean, I kind of feel like I'm at a point right now of when to balance patience with learning or needing to pivot and rethink what you're doing. There's kind of, you know, you talk about knowing your truth and knowing what you're driving for and staying on that path, but when do you know and what signs should you look for if you're if you're needing to pivot, change, adjust? So you're, are you running a business? Yeah. What kind? I'm doing a consulting business around, uh, actually something you're passionate about, engagement, employees, uh, culture, Um, kind of rethinking what a workplace needs to be in a world of technology and this kind of new reality.
0: So you're you're trying to figure out, should you stay the course and let the market come to you because what you're selling is difficult to sell because you believe in it so you want to be patient or are you actually wrong or is it too far away and should you pivot into some other offers or features or things of that nature, is that correct?
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think you know that this is like I do. this is bread and butter. But I, I feel like with a lot of leaders of companies, engagement, employees, culture is number one in thought, but number two or three in action. So I'm trying to figure out how to get into that world, how yeah. to how to make it more of a priority, yeah. or is it just a lost cause for a lot of people?
0: Dad, what do you think about when you think about your long career? When was it stay the course cause you believe in some strategy category that you're buying, investing in liquor versus wine, advertising? Like when did you know that you wanted to stay the course? Or when did you know that you needed to start try something different? Or did you get into patterns? I know for you, I know your story the best. You know, you were a very early n- n- New Jersey newspaper advertiser in a co-op in the early eighties, right? Which was a big breakthrough for you. You guys created a co-op, you right. were selling at cost in a newspaper, that worked. Mm-hmm when did you know to add direct mail or when did you try commercials? When did you stay the course? When did you change the mix of your product in the store because you felt Rosé was coming? Like, How did you make those decisions?
4: Well, quite honestly, and, uh, I don't have to give more credit to my son. Okay, but I'll I, take it. But he will take it, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Gary came to the business, and he came at a uh, very young age, at first, he, of course, was no factor. He was making uh, ice for two dollars. I don't even remember how much. I, underpaid, right? Underpaid. Yeah,
0: I was good at making ice.
4: Yeah, So, but when he came to the business, and uh, again, uh, I treasure these years, what I spent uh, working with Gary when we used to, you remember that, travel back and forth. All through high school. 45, 40 45 miles mm-hmm. each way. And that was uh, the most uh, memorable moments when we used to discuss business strategy.
0: Let's link up, there's an article I wrote about exit 12 to exit 48 that's on a, Medium. That's that to me is, that is the foundation of our relationship. It's yeah. the foundation and, of our relationship. And, and,
4: and to take uh, Wine Library, what I came up with the name.
0: Yes, from. absolutely uh, true.
4: Okay. Uh,
0: he did. You went me. to California.
4: Went to California. And all the
0: wineries were, all the wineries were calling their cellars wine library.
4: No, I'll take you to the library. They didn't call wine go library. Ahead. I'll take you to the library to pick up a couple yep. of bottles of wine and go yep. for dinner. Yep. That's where I came yep. up with the name of wine library years after. But uh, that's uh, that was, uh, quite honestly, all these great ideas. Uh, when we used to bounce off each other, that's when it's, uh, you know, real started. Real. Before it was just... Another liquor store, and God created. What gave
0: mm-hmm. you? So l- l- I want to make sure we answer this question. I know I'm interviewing mm-hmm. you a little bit, but I answer this question. <laughs> so what? You know, Patrick's sitting here, and you know it's very. How old is story. Patrick? I don't know. How old are you, Patrick?
3: I'm 31. 31, young.
0: So Patrick's trying to decide: Is he on the right? What's the balance between patience? Because I sell patience. You know, I believe
4: in. You patients. have to pay. Uh, you have to. Versus.
0: Is he on the right path? Is there something else he should be putting? Innovation versus patience. How have you thought about that? Or have you not thought about it? You, I know No, you. I did.
4: Go, okay. You, you, you have to be patient.
0: That trumps it. Who said? I'm asking. No, not Trump. That oh. trumps. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that. That is more value. You think. The patience part is more valuable.
4: You have to, you know, you have to believe and stick to it to what you believe. I mean, that's uh, you know, you you can't you can't try something and uh, you know two days later or two years later said okay. Uh, that's you my know, biggest
0: problem with I think you know that's something I always yell about with our employees and you know I yes, I, I like yes. right that's your style. Yeah, no question about. it. Like I don't mind if it the new. I display. always held on
4: to too long a lot of times to. Well, this you is know, what
0: he's worried about. Mm -hmm. as you're like thinking through. Patrick, listen, I think the reality is I'm a big believer in the following. You're not gonna know the alternative so you might as not dwell on it. You're not gonna know, right, bro? You're not gonna know if you waited too long. Like, a lot of people have bailed a month before the thing they worked on for two years was about to go. But they don't know, they don't know that, Patrick. Mm Because they bailed and they were like, oh, that was a waste of my two years.
3: Yeah, and so I'm, I'm 100% in, I, I, I'm not bailing on this, and I think, I mean, I'm, I'm pot committed, I believe in patience. It's just kind of fine tuning it or tweaking it, and I guess maybe the perception to you, and I know you're a firm believer in it, it do you think that there's a market out there for yes. this? Yes,
0: yes I do. I think culture and the emotions and all the feelings in a business, they're the driving force of the new economy. I, I think culture, m- my dad will tell you, as a kid, as a child, it mattered to me. Mm-hmm. It was intuitively in me at mm-hmm. a very young age. It has emerged as an enormous pillar and I think it will continue to, it will catch up, my friend. I agree with you that, that it's, they talk about it. You said it You know, first in, in what they talk about, third in the way they execute, that's exactly right because they're full of <laughs> They say it because yep. it sounds good to their employees, but they don't want to spend money on it. But as operators like me and others continue to get fame and awareness around trading on that, that will then people start realizing the financial value of it. I'm not doing I'm not doing it because I'm for kicks and giggles. Now it's my natural demeanor, but mm-hmm. it's still an ROI positive thing. And I think as the decision makers change over, I would say as the decision makers change over from my dad's generation to my generation and definitely the generation below me, this will become the pillar. And you're 31; you can grind and survive until you're. 38, 42, and really reap the massive financial benefits of being a leader in the space for a decade.
3: Yeah, and it's, it's kind of interesting, you're right. I think that when I talk to people, there's about a director level and below that everybody gets it, and it seems that once you go above there and people take ownership of the job, they just get scared of change and uh-huh. kind of hold on and, and push back.
0: Dad, you hate change. Yes. Right, like yes. you can speak to But, that. but. To your credit, absolutely. to my, my
4: credit. You know who I want and to call you right now? And you inspire me to, not only inspire you, you actually drill in me to to try to do different things. Just like drinking different
0: wine. Yeah, imagine you being know? captive with an 18, 20 year old me in the car for 45 minutes back and forth, my poor dad, I mean like, I was yep. guns a-blazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate Patrick.
2: Jamik Alpine, reaching out to you from Toronto, Ontario. My question for you here is with regard to my father-in-law's business. My father-in-law is from Minsk, Belarus, originally, so his English is very poor. He moved here about three years ago, but he's an amazing, fantastic contractor, and he wants to grow his business, and I want to help him. So, given the scope of, let's say, about $1,000 because we're really small, what are some baby steps you could suggest to me as a marketer of his business to do so I can help him out and so we can start gaining some traction here? You keep answering our questions, Gary, and I promise we'll keep asking. Thanks for everything you do.
0: John, great question. Obviously, you know how to hit my emotional center by going back to the old country. Um, and, uh... And uh, that's a great, great question. And a real practical one, And $1,000, I think, is really so much more realistic for a lot of people that, listen, way more than the clients that we have here at Vayner, spending hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars each month in different marketing activities. A um, couple different things. Number one, I noticed you said a heavy accent, which made me believe that you were alluding to don't give me the advice to put him on camera or put him out there. Um, now, if his personality is... Uh, like my mom's, who never shows up. I actually asked my mom for the first time at the Jets game yesterday. I said, Mom, I think it might be time for you to be on the show uh, and make your first ever appearance. She said, no, she really, it's just not her thing. Um, and so, that crushed my heart, Mom. Um, and you crushed the entire Vayner Nation's heart, Mom. They all want you to be on the show. Um, so. Now, if his accent is something you're worried about, but he's willing to do content and become Bob Vila, which, you know, I know you're in Canada, but I think Vila might be an international star, right? But if you don't know who it is, look it up. He became like the home, he became America's contractor in the 80s on PBS when people weren't doing the kind of content we see on cable these days when chefs and real estate agents became famous. Uh, And so I would put... I would make videos of him, if he's that great of a contractor, and I believe you, I think you know you get different skills from different parts of the world. He'll bring a little of that Eastern European flair uh, or, or soundness or whatever that angle is to the, the Canadian building market. Uh, I think you put him on and start doing Bob vila like videos. Now with $1,000, I would spend that on the 10, 15, 20, 30 mile radius of your guys' area to get those videos out to people that are fans of things like Architectural Digest or things that are into building and, and uh, interior design, into the culture of home building, contract work, renovations, things of that nature. So, now if he's not willing to go on camera because he's introverted uh, or shy, worried about his accent, I know a lot of those uh, variables. Um, You need to figure out how to make content that is compelling to people, Maybe you translate his advice into written form and then you run ads on Facebook in a 20 mile radius. Uh, did you know you can fix cabinets by doing this? Replacing new floors and you gotta target people based on interests that may find that interesting. Content is the gateway drug for small businesses that don't have a lot of money have to put out great content and spend little dollars. Just like I did with Wine Library TV, but now there's more things. Instagram accounts, those kind of things. That's what I would do.
1: John asked, what are your thoughts on creating a successful long-term social media strategy for yourself or your clients? How long in advance do you create the content you roll out?
0: John, this is a good question. I mean, I think this all comes down to uh, something that I call reverse engineering. The truth is, everybody's different. Uh, You know, my... my. uh, Vision is very long-term. I don't know how you define long-term in your question, but some people think long-term is three to five years. I think long-term is until the day I die. And so, uh, my clients may not be as patient when you're a Fortune 500 uh, company that uh, needs to hit numbers each quarter your patience to build a three to five year plan is non-existent. Uh, When you're a series C startup company that just raised $200 million and you're only burning $4 million, you've got a lot of patience and the idea of building brand and having a, a patience game to uh, to your execution becomes more attractive, then we reverse engineer that. Then it's more about branding, Instagram, doing high-end video, long-form content with no right hook, a lot of jabbing. Um, if you're a startup that's gonna go out of business in 24 weeks, uh, if you don't sell some stuff, we're in full right hook, you know, Facebook dark post, uh, SEO, SEM, influencer marketing with calls to action to sell. Um, Uh, You know, all that stuff completely is determined based on the client's current short-term and long-term needs. Um, But the truth is, short-term and long-term needs really balance based on a moment in time. And so, um, you know, the reason I think I'm good at business is for all of my talking, I am 10X at my listening skills. And it all just comes down to listening. Uh, and, and so the way we strategize is predicated on listening. And, and I think the biggest challenge for so many of the Vayner Nation that's, uh, that's watching right now is I don't think a lot of you, and this is with all due respect, this is for everybody. I'm just picking on you because I love you. Tough love. I think a lot of people aren't really sure um, what they want to accomplish in a one-year window versus a five-year window versus a 10-year window and their behavior uh, doesn't map to it. I, you know, to me, I got lucky. I just decided it's, everybody shows up to my funeral, hedge forever, build up equity, cash it in, as I need it, if I ever need it, um, which has allowed me to be very patient and and really has allowed me to uh, dictate my behavior of being probably a better human being. And in a weird way, and again, I think a lot of people would find this funny. In a lot of ways, I've been a pushover as a, uh, as a uh, entrepreneur, because if you would look at it in the short term, I'm leaving money on the table, I'm not fighting for every cent, I'm not trying to drill it down to the biggest advantage, I'm not even getting mine every time, because I'm just hedging along the way, and so it just comes down to what you're trying to accomplish. I think the better question to this question uh, is how, how can you help someone, or are you capable of really understanding what you're trying to accomplish? Hey guys, first and foremost, as always, humbled, thankful for you listening to the podcast. Keep hitting me up on Twitter with feedback. Also, um, really excited about something. Over the last several months, it's become uh, very clear to me that the 4Ds product that VaynerMedia has, the one-day consulting session that's $10,000, that's really... T- kind of going after a business doing a million, maybe 500,000 to 20 million a year in revenue has been really working. We 60 to 70% of the businesses have had ridiculous uh, ROI from the session, and so now I'm rolling it out because it clearly works. So VaynerMedia is uh, super proud to present uh, Uh, The 4Ds, the daily digital deep dive, garyvee.com slash 4D, the number 4D podcast. garyvee.com, 4D podcast, if you're ready to take your business to the next level.